Hey friends, thanks for joining us. We like to talk. We really like to share and learn about other humans, but what we like the most is just being with other people. So get comfy, grab a drink, and come hang out with us on Your Friends Podcast. Hi. Hello. Did you hit record this time? This time I hit record. Okay. We are live. Oh, well, only to us. Right. We right are now. alive. We are alive. That is true. That's something. Makes me want to sing a Gunger song. What's that? What song is the that? The We Are Alive. That's oh, terrible yeah. singing that everyone just heard me do. I think it's fun singing. Well, thank you. Um, it's very high. I don't sing that high. Me either. I'm going to make excuses for why that sounded like that. Yeah, well, it's just like not the right environment Yeah, I for mean, it. the acoustics in here. Yeah, the acoustics are not <laughs> great. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. How do you find yourself today? Um, kind of tired. Um, just, we've been to the pool for the last two days. Just starting off with a bang. Welcome to summer. Yeah, we went the very first day it was open. I don't know that we've done that before. Definitely done that before, but that's fine. I don't remember us doing that before. Okay. Um, and so I got first sunburn of the season. Oh, yeah. And baked a little bit on top of that today. Just to kind of really get it. Yeah, just get it deep in there. Get it deep in there and get it over with. And so the sun tires me out. That that's is, where I am. That is true. I think about that with children. I forget that that is also a thing that can happen to adults. I am a child. <laughs> Especially when it comes to like being tired. No, that's true. I had coffee at 1 p.m. today because I was so tired. You did? Yeah. Remember you picked up your Yeti and you were oh. like, what's in this? And I said, coffee, relax. <laughs> well, I just was hoping there might have been something more fun in there. Coffee is super fun. It is. There's other things that are more fun. <laughs> no, I was cooking at like 1230 and I was feeling like I wanted to lay down on the kitchen floor and take a nap. So I drink a little bit more coffee and that seems to have been the jolt I needed Maybe for the I rest of the have, afternoon. Maybe I should have a sip. A sip. Just a sip. Just a shot. A shot just of coffee. take a shot of coffee concentrate. How are you? How are you found? How are you finding yourself? I am finding myself... Um, confused at how one interacts with the sun anymore because I have a relatively new tattoo that is not supposed to get sun and or sunscreen. So then I'm, I have been keeping it covered, but then I end up feeling like I'm all covered and I'm not all covered. And so I got burned. (laughs) Like, I just feel like I'm like, I don't... But not on the tattoo. Not on the tattoo. Okay. But I'm just like, I don't remember how this works. I don't... Do I wear sunscreen and sit in the sun? Do I not wear sunscreen and sit in the shade? Like, for me, personally, I have forgotten the the rules with which I engage with the sun and sunscreen, because I hate sunscreen. Yeah, it's not my favorite thing either. But now I just... Every every other break, just get re... Yeah. Covered. See, if I sunscreen myself, and then that means I'm like, going to have to shower. Right. Once it hits like four or five, then I'm done with sunscreen. Right. Oh, like in the day. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, in yeah. That, in the late afternoon. Oh, sun. no. I will I will not sunscreen after 3 p.m. That's not a thing I do. I will after 3 p.m. Yeah, I don't know. I just have, I have forgotten. I got into a really good rhythm last year, but now I have forgotten and I have to 
figure it out again. So that's how I am found this afternoon. In the spirit of full disclosure for our friends, we went upstairs and got some food. (laughs) (laughs) A little low energy, kind of hungry. And so I got a shot of coffee. How was your shot of coffee? It was good. It was delicious. Just what I needed. I'm eating some apricots. I had some almonds. Man, I love apricots. They're pretty good. I love dried fruit, period. All dried fruits? I can't think of one I don't like. Dried bananas? And chips. Like, it's it's a consistent... Like, dried fruit is typically soft. Soft and chewy. Mm Mm-hmm. And banana chips are not. Although, no. I've never had a non, like, chippy, crispy banana. Yeah, no. Just, Just chippy, crispy bananas. Can they make, like, banana fruit leather? I have no idea. There is the strip things that I buy the kids at Costco. I think one of the flavors is banana, but I don't know. But that's like processed. Probably, yeah. To some extent. It's not (laughs) just straight banana dried. Yeah. Anyway, no, I love dried. I love dried fruit. It is delicious. We're not talking about dried fruit today. No, that's what what the podcast is about today. Dried fruit. I mean, it could be. Starting with prunes because that's the, like, well, raisins. It's probably the most popular oh, you know dried what? fruit. I don't love raisins. Sure, but that's just like what everybody's initial introduction, introduction to, dried to dried fruit. fruit yeah, as a child, is raisins. It, is raisins. Interesting. In my in my family, I think prunes came. We dried plums. We call them now. Came Who calls pretty, them that now? If you look at any of the bags, like the whatever Sunsweet or whoever sells that big bag, I think it's called dried plums. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, I buy prunes. My kids love prunes. Dried plums. Um, that was the second fruit that I was introduced to. I ate dried apples as, Ooh, as a kid, I told this story to someone recently and they were horrified as a child. My mom never bought red apples. She only bought green apples and I would eat. Why was that? No idea. Cause they're like more nutritious or something. I'm the che- granny Smith are cheaper. Okay. Everybody likes not as good. Everybody in my family likes tart. So maybe that she just bought green apples. Um, but I used to eat a ring around the apple. Like the center? Like, like the, the center. The meatiest like, part? Like one does. And then I would leave the apple out on the counter. Intentionally? Yes. Because then when I came back hours later, it would be dried. And I love dried fruit. So you're making your own dried apple. I was making my own dried apple. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not, I guess it's not that gross. Whatever. I don't really think it's that gross, it's just, but it's just like, I it's don't a know. little odd. Well, in our house, like there's partially eaten apples just like laying around. So like <laughs> that part is kind of gross. Like just like, yes. why would you start an apple and just leave it somewhere? Right. But if there's an intention behind it, it I was for me. I don't think anyone else knew that if someone were to have stumbled <laughs> upon the dried apple. Maybe that's what our children are doing as well. I don't think so. They're making dried apples. I don't think so. But if they are, then good for them because it's delicious. So what are we talking about today? You know, just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, what is this and or that? Ooh. What's the term? Oh, damn it. What is it? Uh, netty netty. Not this, not that. Do you not know oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the... The term for middleness? Yes, maybe. 
non-duality. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so I just finished the book This by Michael Gunger, a.k.a. Vishnu Das. And the entire book is about non-duality. And we referenced this a couple of episodes ago. And you were perplexed. Not perplexed, but you were trying to get them straight. Duality Well, I was unwilling to actually look anything up and right. just kind of go through my memory. But the term I was looking for was non-duality. So now we've sort of figured it out. Would you care to s- expound on well, what that is? Yeah, so non-duality is, the, the, at least the way that I heard it and that I was intending is like a spiritual, whatever that means, term of that there is no, like, it is, to me, it essentially means oneness. Yeah. <laughs> that that there is no other. Right. We, we are the same. Yes. And so the, the term non-duality is the term that I have heard used, and that's what I was looking for. Um, but in regards to what we were talking about a few weeks ago, it's just that, a like, when you talk about a person, they are not light or dark, or I should say good or evil. They are... Both. They oh. are... Yeah, they are non-dual. There's, there's, there's light and dark, and I mean that in shadow self, I guess, just to say good and shadow self in, in all people. And the shadow self can even be, like, not necessarily a bad thing. What it do you can, mean by shadow self? It's just you, the, the part of yourself that you can't see or you don't let to light. Mm. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. It's just... The, the part of yourself that you have either not discovered or you kept keep hidden, whether consciously or unconsciously, it's just the other side of, of who you are. Mm. Um, and, I mean, people talk about shadow work, which is specifically trying to, I don't know if it's shine light on that side, but I guess that's what it would mean if you discover things by shining light on them so that you can see them better. Um but that's, yeah, so non-duality is just the idea that it's not easy to just categorize things into one right. or other. It is one and both, or some and both, or however you want to call right. it. Um, it's difficult to shift to that kind of thinking when I I think our brains like to be dual, yeah. And certainly everything we've ever been taught our whole lives. <laughs> right. Well, maybe more than they like to be dual, they like to categorize things. It's easier to understand things. Once you put, put someone in a, in a bucket with a label on them, you know you can make certain assumptions. You can then move on with your life. You can dismiss them or you can engage based on what what that label means to you and how you've labeled right. them. So. Um, to some extent, I, I think we've talked about this before. It's a, it's an efficiency thing where you're, it, humans are dealing with a lot of things every day. And so, yeah, we like to just move, <laughs> like move on, like, okay, this is categorized now on to the next thing categorized. And, and some of that is also, also a point of work as well, because then you say the, if the idea is to be here and now to be present then you don't need to be efficient in your categorizing because you can just sit with that one yeah. thing that one person or idea or whatever it is and just explore it thoroughly rather than 
putting it in, 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 into its category and moving on. There's no reason to move on. What are you moving on to? Yeah, categorizing the next thing? <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, do you, is there a prize for the number of things you can categorize in a day? <laughs> like, where, where are we going? What's the, what's the point? Like, why are we, why are we, what's the need to be efficient? The evolution says, yeah, you need to be efficient in order to survive, d- look, find dangers, these kinds of things. Oh, please. But we, well, 2019, come on. Right. I mean, we don't have those sorts of things anymore, but our evolutionary instincts are still the same. Um, it, it doesn't change that. So we still have to be able to realize that that's what we're doing and right. be, be more present, find I've, a way to pause. I've yeah. gotten lots of things from Pete Holmes over the years, but one of one of my favorites is every once in a while he says he'll look around in traffic and he'll just like see people trying to like change lanes and and move in and out and really just like you can see on their faces that they're like really they gotta go they gotta go and he just is like where are you going and then in the, <laughs> like, next, in the next sentence does he also say oh, and that's me too sometimes of course he's right that. right i just like when he does that like he'll make some right. judgment on a person and then like very quickly be like right and i also do and that. i also do that but yeah like where are you going right what what are you in such a hurry for what's ha- what's happening i had that experience this week driving to work i'm listening to ram das's talks called be here now yes um how appropriate and, right right <laughs> for our talk on presence um and I was sitting at a stoplight and, like, just realizing that I was in my car sitting at a stoplight and, like, there were, you know, seven, eight other cars that I could sort of see at the stoplight. And I was just – because I'm listening to Ram Dass and, like, his whole, like, we are the same. Like, I was just projecting myself being all of those other cars. Like, I am – like, we are all doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, this is – an I don't know if it's easy or not, but, like, it's a moment in which – multiple people are doing the exact same thing whether what's going on in our own cars is different or not like we are all yeah one right there at that stoplight oh that's such a nice way to think about that yeah i mean the commute i've talked to people before like where i always used to i mean i hate commuting i do not like, like nobody it. likes it um, right I don't know. Maybe some people do. Maybe people take public transportation. They like to watch people. It gives them time to read or think or listen, whatever. I don't know. Maybe some people do. Hmm. Um, it is not one of my favorite times. But because I've all I've always lamented and still do that I don't have enough time for things, um, changing my commute into a meditation of sorts, whether it's yeah. through music or listening to something or just sitting silently, has completely changed. Not every time. But when I'm conscious enough to say today i'm gonna have like i will be present on my way to work and like it changes my commute it doesn't make it as bad like it's not just passing the time i'm just there no that makes sense you're just present i'm just present even if it's in a commute it's kind of weird thing no i get that i mean i think i get that you should commute and then you can nope no thank you i (laughs) don't you can see how it goes i don't need to do that i don't yeah the idea of presence I mean, I don't know how many years ago it was that we sort of started meditating semi-regularly and thinking about the ideas of mindfulness and trying to be present. And it just all kind of like it's this like we jumped into like a totally different pool that we didn't know existed. And now I feel like my whole world is like these weird Venn diagrams that are constantly like combining all of the different parts and things. Right, because the the other thing that we have been talking about and do talk about is ego. 
And that like is talking about jumping into a world of like, I think previously we're in very much in an ego world um, where like the ego um, progress, progression, whatever that kind of world is to jump into another world where um, there's a lot of losing the ego work we're we're learning about or being told about. Um, It's an interesting contrast. So I have a question, but I want you to give some background first. Can you, you're just better at explaining these things, I think, than I am. The idea of the ego and ego work. And then I have a question for you. Okay, so the ego is, and this is not going to be correct, but welcome <laughs> to the Unknowable Podcast where <laughs> people just bullshit about things they don't know about. Um, the ego is the sense of self, self that you start to acquire as a child that is a healthy and positive and protective thing that you develop, a sense of yourself and where you are in the world and... Um, I don't know, it just it kind of pulls you together, who you are, okay. um, in, a, in a very individual sense, um, a strong sense of self-confidence. Like th- These are probably better words to describe ego in a healthy context rather than how I think it's popularly used as people having a big ego. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say is that my – like when I ever have instances to talk to the teenagers that I coach about ego and they'll say something about someone like, oh, they have a huge ego and – the only sort of conversation that I ever feel well-equipped enough to have is that the idea that someone has a big ego, what that actually – like ego is not bad. So when you say that someone has a big ego, what you actually mean is that they have an unhealthy ego. Yeah, like because I think – right. So I maybe the words confidence and strength and personal power, those would be like – in a healthy ego state mm-hmm. and then selfishness, arrogance. Um, I don't know what other words you want to use, but that would be, I think I described it like a tumor the other day because when people say they have a big ego, like, okay, so think of the ego as a tumor. Like you actually want to keep it small and healthy. When you say that it's, they have a big ego, it is unhealthy. So this tumor has grown out of control. Does that make sense? I understand what you're saying, I like but works. I don't think any tumor is good. Okay. Which we can get to in a second, but maybe just say it's like your heart. You want your heart to be a thing. You want it to be healthy. You want it to be there, but you don't want it to get really big because that's... Yeah, an enlarged heart. Okay. All right. Thing. I like your heart. Better um, than the tumor. <laughs> right. I just, there's a negative context, too. No, that's too. fair. I mean, it could be a benign tumor, but still, you're right. <laughs> yeah, but a foreign mass growing in your body. Right. No, nope, you're right. Be... The heart was better. <laughs> this is why there's two of us. Right. Um, so in context of ego, are we good on ego? What do you mean? Like, did, like, did I answer the question? I think you of... answered the question. My okay. question to you, because we have very different strengths and weaknesses, and ego is one of the areas in which you and I are very different as far as the health of our egos. So have you noticed what, so I know that the ego work that I need to do, do you also feel like you have specific ego work to do? Yes. Um, I'm sounding like I'm setting you up for something I'm not. I actually just wanted to know, and that's probably not a question you're going to answer on the podcast i don't know well i don't know like i mean so um i was talking to lee yesterday and we were talking about we are both nines and so 
there is a certain self-sacrifice to a nine, or at least, I don't know if self-sacrifice is even the right word, but a certain um, accommodation of other people as a nine. And so I think that because in my upbringing, what is good, what was good, is to accommodate other people, to be a peacemaker, to make sure everyone feels comfortable. And so I think because I that comes naturally to me and I was able to perform that, I always felt good about myself. Like, mm, so my, okay. so this ego that learned to accommodate other people um, has been healthy, at least in that context. I, I think that I felt healthy because I wasn't mean to people. I was good. I'm putting okay. all these in air quotes. Um, so I've never, yeah. So I, and I've, so I've always felt kind of good about myself, at least um, the way that I perform externally. Um, and also have a very vivid inner life. Oh, what do you mean by that? Like, I live in my head a lot. Like, I think a lot. Not about myself necessarily, but I don't know. So, like, external things don't always bother me. Because I can, I live inside my head a lot. So, I I don't know if that makes sense. But um, I'm not easily, dis- the external, uh, External things that are happening do not necessarily affect me um, the same way that someone lives outside sure, of their no, self a okay. little bit more. Yeah, that makes anyway, sense. Anyway, that's this is all a long way of saying that I th- sort of thought I had a healthy ego, but uh, and, and sure I do, but also um, that also doesn't allow me to show up as me and who I am all the time because I'm accommodating other people. Mm. So I think a healthy ego would be able to show up as oneself, confident and in their personal power Aww. and say, here I am and, and I'm, I'm, I'm good with this and I'm comfortable with who I am. Um, but because I tend to hide that depending on the situation, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that's a healthy thing. So that's kind of where my war- my ego, actual ego work is. There's two sides to this. One is developing a healthy ego, like becoming a confident, comfortable, secure person of about like who you are. And the other side of it is this sort of spiritual part of losing the ego to understand that we are all one. And so that like that's like a separate thing, I feel like. Okay, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. To lose the individual individuality in order to feel the oneness of right. all living all everything really right um so i'm only talking about in like sort of the human development side of things Hmm. being able to show up and when i say show up i don't mean like going over to someone's house (laughs) although that's also true but more of a like i come into contact with other human beings and i'm able to be who i am or who i who i want to be and some some of that is not knowing who i am so anyway but that's my work is figuring out who i am and then showing up as that person (laughs) How are you doing that? <laughs> um, literally making a list of who I am. I, I think I've talked before about being a nine yeah. and like being like, oh my God, I don't know who I am. <laughs> who am I? Am I just like a accumulation of other people and things? Which is also true about everyone. Right. Um, but right. For, for me, it's just like, okay, like who who am I? And so what I've started to do is just, when I have a thing that I feel like comes from inside me or something I feel really like that I've experienced multiple times in my life, right. um, 
like from when I was younger or like something I feel strongly about. I just note that down. I'm like this is this is me. This is who I am. This is, um, or and in some cases, like I want more of that of myself. So anyway, that that's how I'm doing currently. Just like making notes of who I am, and then and I was telling this to Lee too. I was like, I don't know exactly how to like now do that, um, but I've talked about so one of the sort of easy examples is that. I always wear long sleeve shirts to work. Um, oh, right. And specifically to cover my tattoos. Right. Because I show up at work as a person that goes to work. <laughs> I don't show up as myself. Um, I do. I mean, I do. In your personal interactions with people. You yeah. Do. yeah. I, I mean, it's not like I'm like completely robotic. Um, although some of who I am or maybe am not, I don't know, is making people feel comfortable and very friendly and accommodating. And so like I show up that way at work. Um, and so I think that that is a little bit different than the way that everyone shows up at their workplace. Some of it's natural to me. Some of it may just because it makes things easier for me. And to be honest, it's a skill that has made work really good for me yeah. in some cases. Um, anyway, but I don't wear a short sleeve shirt. So I was telling Lee like, like one of the things I'm starting to work through in my head is like, when can I, like, how am I going to show up to work with a short sleeve shirt on? Like, how is that going to happen? Um, because I think that that would help me. Like, this is me. I'm showing up yeah. at work yeah. as myself. <laughs> um, and the other side of it is that like, I also don't want attention from people. And so like, <laughs> anyway, whatever. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at with ego work. I like it. Would you like to talk about that? I just know what I need to do. I don't know how to do it. And I'm not doing it, I guess. I don't know. But knowing um, what you need to do, um, that's not a small step. It's not. It all goes together. Like, you, you brought up your Enneagram type, and I talk about Enneagram constantly. But it really has just... It's like this... Like all, I've had all these ingredients throughout my life that were making up one dish, and the Enneagram is the dish, if that makes sense. Like all of the different areas in my life that I have felt like were difficult for me or that I felt were specific to me, all of this falls within what my – like when I read about my Enneagram type, it's all there. Like it all is – together in one little place where I can read it and be like, oh yeah, these are the four main things that I have struggled with my whole life. And I think not in a lot of circumstances, but I think there, I, I show up to people. I appear to people as an, as a very confident, extroverted, um, self-assured person. And because I am very good at reading people and I don't really like reading people. That's not, I feel like that sounds weird, but I am, I am good at seeing people. I'll say it that way. I'm good at seeing people. So when I see people like that, I generally know that that comes when people appear that way. It generally is coupled with some insecurity. And for me, that's totally true. And we've talked about this for a while now that I think I have an extremely underdeveloped ego. I do not have the confidence or the personal, what's, I don't know some of the words I'm looking for, but like 
I don't have that thing. Security? Security, yeah. Like, I don't have that stuff inside me that it might seem like I do to other people. Um, yeah. It's interesting to talk about the Enneagram in that context because the Enneagram is um, personal work. It is shadow. <laughs> I like that our old podcast, we used to say, this is not a podcast about Mormonism. And now I feel like I want to be like, this is not a podcast about the Enneagram. <laughs> um, it's not about the Enneagram because the Enneagram is not the only path to do shadow work or Ooh. ego work. It's just True. the one that we've chosen today that yeah. we we like. Um, I think any path that can wake you up to who you are. To so, who you, yeah, yeah. So I think that in context of your work, you're saying I've woken up to what my work is. Yeah. Like you're in that stage. Um, and that alone is, I think that's a big deal. And for me, it's to stay awake <laughs> to, to the same thing. But the Enneagram is just like the path that we have picked or has resonated with us in order yeah. to do some of the work, to look at the shadows and say... Okay, um, I guess I didn't want to admit, like, mm -hmm. recently, like, some of the stuff about the nine being passive-aggressive, I've never considered myself passive-aggressive, <laughs> which um, now I'm seeing that there is some <laughs> passive-aggression. Um, so anyway, like, I don't know. Um, but it's interesting to talk about ego and ego work, shadow work, whatever you want to call it, personal work in context of Enneagram. Right. Because... It does tell you both positive and negative sides. And, you know, we whether your type is super accurate or not, if it sends you down the path of looking at yourself, I think that's, right. that's the point. Because it's just kind of taking the same ideas that you have heard before and maybe putting new language to it or different language to it or whatever. Like I – like – for me specifically with having an underdeveloped ego and feeling insecure and yeah, just a lack of personal assuredness at who I am and what I'm doing, not even who I am, but just like of the worth of that. I guess that's what that has been my thing is I, I think I know who I am. It's just whether or not I think that what value you, what place value on that? I place on that. Like, is that, do people like that? Is that a good thing? Do I want to be that? Like, I know who I am, but do I want to be that person kind of a thing? And for me, that, like, that's all, that's all the, <laughs> that's just all the work that I have, the patterns that I go down. And they just happen to sort of parallel specifically with ego stuff. Right. Well, and I think everyone's does. Um, because the ego is yourself like that. If you're talking about self-work, that is the ego. So I don't think that, hmm, yeah. I, I think it's all one. Like right. you're saying that everything's in like this weird Venn diagram. Like that's, <laughs> that's I mean, it's just different ways of talking about it and different approaches to it and different, um, um, what's the word? Like historical experience with these kinds of things. I mean, it's just it, it, everything. And this is the oneness. Everything is pushing towards towards this um waking up if you want to call it that of I do want to call it that it just towards this like uh looking at your default modes and pausing them or mm. working towards being able to pause them and then shifting your default reactions and things it's just slowing down enough that you can be human in the way that you want to be 
um, all of this stuff leads toward like it, it like it, even in the Enneagram book, it talks about meditation and even prayer and you know, all the, uh, yeah. all the paths go to one place, but the one place is not the, not the point. Um, the path is the point. The path is the point. There is no place. There's, we're not going anywhere. Where are you going? <laughs> I love that it got brought around. Yeah. One of the other things that I say to myself a lot that I also got from Pete is what in this moment is lacking. And sometimes there's an answer to that, but a lot of times there's not an answer. There's nothing missing. What's interesting is when you started asking that, I was like, I don't understand that question. Really? Yeah. It always has made sense to me. It never made sense to me. I think Does I'm it starting. Now? No, I think I'm already. I'm starting to understand it now. Like, the point of the question is, there is nothing lacking. I think. Yeah, and I think the reason I resonated with it so strongly is because, as someone who struggles with envy, um, and constantly looking outside for what would be better, and the grass being greener, and I just need a couple more dollars, and I just need it new pair of shoes or a new car or whatever. Like I sort of always have operated in that mode. So to say what in this moment is lacking, it's another one of those instances where I'm like, but I don't have a car payment and I do have a car that fits all my kids. There is nothing lacking. Right. It's a, it's a pause. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a question that causes the pause, right. That says, okay, what else? I mean, this, this is chasing the dragon, right? Like I always talk about like having, (laughs) Having in not that particular dragon. Well, that just makes me think of when you had your kidney stone. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but chasing the dragon of um, like for me, it often is having an experience with other people, and I'm like, oh, I want to repeat this all the time. Like this yeah. is everything was so perfect, I felt so good, and then like trying to make it happen again, and then it doesn't happen, and it's really disappointing. Instead, being like enjoying just enjoying that time and because what happens is i then immediately into how can i recreate this this is this is amazing i need to recreate this and the thing is when you are just being present it gets recreated on its own or all the time yeah it it just no i think it, i think it does um yeah yeah so the other side of the losing the ego is is oneness, and I don't know that I understand that. Maybe when I finish listening to Ram Dass, I'll, I'll understand. Maybe it. I mean it all goes to non-duality. Bring it back around to the, how we started this. Right, I mean, oneness is being non-dual. Like it's all yeah, it's, it's all connected. I, I mean think... it, the 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 way that I've best started understanding this is Glennon Doyle saying there's no such thing as other people's kids. That's exactly what I was just gonna say. Yeah. That was like both on a like literal level with what she's saying like with the topic she she started saying this um when the detention centers started getting tons of coverage and the children and families that were being placed in these detention centers and so she would say that all the time there's no such thing as other people's children so when i heard that it was very specific to this situation but it also is very non-specific in the entire world and i was recently um, I was recently talking to a friend who's has a nephew. So her family is Mormon and her nephew has just come out and told his parents he was gay and they left the, the parents left the church. Um, because obviously this child said, I'm not, I'm not welcome here. I'm not wanted here. This is not how I can live my life in a happy way. And the parents saw that in a new way because they now have a child that this is personally affecting Anyway, the mom of this child went and 
um, was with some friends and was like sort of explaining the story to the friends and the friends said, oh yeah, I, I get it. If I would probably leave the church too, if one of my kids was gay and my brain explodes and my friend who was telling me the story was, she was with me. Her brain was also exploding and we were just like, there's no such thing as other people's children. Why does your child have to be the one that is gay for you to leave the church. And this is not to get into that conversation, but just, it's an example of like, it just, there isn't any, there's no such thing as other people's children. There's no such thing as, as any sort of separation. Like we are all, this is what it is, is people. And being human is a team being, sport. It, as, it, as Douglas Rushkoff says, find the others. <laughs> yeah. And, and so you're not going to like this, but I think this might make sense in this context. But the quote attributed to Richard Rohr, how you do anything is how you do everything. And if you're willing to treat some people's kids in a certain way, but not other people's kids in a certain way, that is, I think, what he means. Like, if you're willing to hurt some kids, then, like, like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, how you do do anything is how you do everything. Um, Still trying to figure out that quote for myself as well, but I... Like what that means for you? Yeah, but I I like that. Like... Um, I don't know, but, but in the context of children, I think it's very easy to see, especially with the detention centers and like all the, all these, these kind of, um, conversations. It's just like they're children. Right. <laughs> it's the, it's the easiest it's place the e- to see it, that's right? That's the easiest place to see it, right? Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's the place that can tug on everybody's heartstrings pretty much no matter who you are and what your situation is. But I would say the same thing for situations that only involved adults yeah no like, i mean they're I mean, still just all they're like, still we're all still children we're all yeah, right i mean right. we are we are not uh mature beings nor will we maybe ever be ever you're right um but, but the se- yeah the separation like it's just it's not that's not that's not that's, real it's made up <laughs> it's a construct it's a construct but it, i i do like using children in that way because i think it does make it easier because again i mean and for some people it's even like animals right like that oh yeah you can see how you treat treat animals i don't know it's just taking steps and we're not going to get into this 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 week but i do want to talk about this at some point but um the idea of how we um how we engage with each other um and how we show up in the world, especially in the internet world, um, mm. is an interesting conversation to me. And I don't know, just how we treat each other and who we're willing to help and how we're willing to help. That's all to say, like, children is an easy first step to say, okay, all Everybody. children are, are, are something that we can all see that we want to protect. Sorry. Uh, Did you think of the quote Juno too? quote. Yes. <laughs> All children want to be born. All babies want oh. to be born. Oh, um, how timely and awful. Right. I don't, I don't want to have that conversation Sorry. this week. Not not that I don't want to ever have it, but... Um, I hope our listeners know where we fall on that subject, so I'm not concerned. Our friends. Our friends know. Um, yeah, but I've been thinking of, uh, and we were having this conversation with David at the pool yesterday, the, the idea of... Uh, internet communications conference in order to establish uh, ground rules for communicating on the internet. Well, we need, we need to have the community online so that then the community community can go aggressively offline. Right. (laughs) 
Yeah. But how else? How else will we find each other we if not the for the internet? Just go to the pool and find people. Yeah, we have basically a, we have that's a what we're doing. Place. We're just like standing around like, hi, want to be our friends? Here we are. <laughs> hi, we're humans. Maybe just socializing is the point of human life. Would you like to socialize with me? We have alcohol. It helps. <laughs> it's an aid to the socialization. And then it leads to the situations in which you no longer need alcohol. Hopefully. Or it's not. a stepping stone. Whatever. That's everyone else's personal decisions. All right. Yeah. You feel satisfied? Yeah, I mean, I'm just talking, just hanging out, just doing what friends do. All right, we'll see you too soon, hopefully. You can download this podcast anywhere you listen to your other friends' podcasts. We would love it if you gave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at yourfriend.diana and yourfriend.benjamin. As always, let's make it too soon.